Hello everyone and welcome to season three, episode 20 of the Big At The Back podcast. It's been a while, we took a bit of a Christmas hiatus, but we are back and brighter than ever. Matt, how are you? We're really going to put that to the test if we're brighter than ever or not, aren't we? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it's um, like I say, it's been a couple of weeks, Christmas, New Year, there's been a lot of football in that time. Uh, so it's been good, but yeah, had a nice Christmas. New Year has been and gone, and it seems like Christmas seems ages ago already. Did you have a good one? Yeah, I mean, I had a COVID-risen Christmas, but Julie and I just basically made cocktails from 8am on Christmas Day and got drunk together, then did our actual Christmas Day with the family at New Year. So it all worked out. Um, but yeah, a bit of a less traditional one than usual. How about you? I don't know. I think you having cocktails at 8am is pretty traditional. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, it was good. It was around my parents' Christmas Day. Uh, we had our parents over Boxing Day. Uh, so I could sort of sneak the football. But that wasn't until the evening, so I was watching football all day during the day. Um, mm. But yeah, like I say, it seems a lifetime ago already, doesn't it? Um, we've had, what, two game weeks since then. FA Cup third round's just been and gone. Uh, and we're finally ready to get back into the Premier League this Friday. We're very, very close. And also, the countdown is on because it's 352 days till Christmas again. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what we can't <laughs> wait for. So let's caveat this episode right from the top. Neither of us have really been paying attention over the last few weeks. Life has got in the way. Stuff has been going on. There's been chaos everywhere. So this is going to be a bit of a temperamental episode at best, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, if you listen to us in general, it's fairly it's fairly obvious to say we don't pay much attention to anything. Um, but, I mean, it's it's good fun, isn't it? If yeah, nothing I mean, else. It's, it's more temperamental than usual is how I think is going to be fair to describe this. So We're, we're taking it up a level. Yeah, no, we're, we're testing the boundary of how far we can fall. So... Today, we're going to look over just where we are, how we've touch on how we've done over the past few weeks, then try and have a little bit of a look ahead. Now most of the FA Cup fixtures have happened, looking at the next three, four, five game weeks. The next international break isn't actually until game week 29. So we've got the option of looking quite far ahead without having too much break in between. So there's plenty of teams we like, plenty of teams we don't, players that we no longer have that we wish were still available, players we have that we wish weren't available. So it's going to be a little bit chaotic. Matt, why don't you kick us off with how you've done over the past few weeks and where you're at in terms of overall rank? So two weeks, like the last two game weeks, I think they say we'll take it from there, 19 and 20. Um, so the sort of Boxing Day game week and the New Year game week. I was just above average both times. Well, I say just above. So 19, I was on 49 with an average of 38, but I did take a four-point hit. Um, unfortunately, Captain Salah, but it was the week of terrible captaincy picks. Um, my highest scorer that week was Garnacho, and my second highest was Ariola. So I think that says everything you need to know about that game week. And then more recently, uh, this week actually was a much better affair, and I ended up with 80 points. Um Again, Ariola, the man for me, um, two weeks in a row. I think it's three weeks in a row now, actually, in FPL that he's uh, been hauling in the points just after everyone transferred him out. Mm. Um, brought in Alvarez for Haaland that week and stuck the armband on him, which paid off to a certain extent, but 
It could have been much better. I could have had Salah with his 16 points or the boy Cole Palmer with his 18 points, um, who I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more shortly. Uh, but that puts me back to just outside the top 1 million. Um, so if I could just crack that back in and keep building on it for once rather than getting in there and then having a shit week, that would be lovely. What about you? Well, I mean, at least you're on the up, right? Because I've had a couple of absolutely stinking game weeks. Um, so I think the Boxing Day game week, are, it was an average points of 38. I got 24. So I'm quite glad I didn't take any hits. I actually captained Salah as well that week for his three points, the week of terrible captaincies. And the week after that, I did not have Cole Palmer. I did not <laughs> I did not captain Mo Salah. So just those two things, if I'd have captain Salah and had Palmer instead of Sterling, I would have had an amazing game week. But I captain Watkins. You wouldn't normally complain with two assists and a bonus point from Watkins. But yeah, Salah's 16 points against Newcastle absolutely blew us out of the water. So ended on 77. I know that's quite a bit above average, but it still feels like a bit of a hit considering what everyone else around me seems to do. Um, I've got to say, though, a lot of sympathy for those that wildcarded in game week 20 because they wanted to move out Salah, who got 16, Son, who got nine, because they're both obviously now at the Asian and African Cups. Um, they, yeah, they, I've seen some wildcards that have got about 26 points when everyone else is in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So, uh, I'm sure the wildcard will pay good guys, but uh, it's not not been a great time to play it for a lot of people. Yeah, it's been a bit of one of those, isn't it? Especially with, like me and you, still having that and then being able to wildcard them back in feels a better way for to go than wildcard them out and then have to get them all back in when you want them back uh, in a few weeks' time. Um, so that's the hardest bit for me to get around, like... It feels easier to get them in than to get to get them out than to get them back in. So um, I've got my own gripe about AFCON, though, and the TV fixtures and us not being able to have Kudus for the Brighton game. Um, when everyone else had their African players that game week, it's it's a disgrace. The Premier League's out to get us, Tom. <laughs> we could go down this rabbit hole. But no, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not going there. I just so... set you off. <laughs> um, why don't we kick off with looking ahead because we can look back all we want but let's be honest no one's listening for that at all if they're listening at all to be honest but let's look ahead so game week 21 onwards now I mentioned we've got the international break in 29 so we've got a large chunk but looking first at game week 21 it's one of the longest game weeks you will ever see a what is it 12 10 day game week in the end uh so it runs from friday the 12th to monday the 22nd and that is because this is our winter break if that's what you want to call it so each team plays on a different weekend to give them that week off um it wouldn't have actually started until saturday um but that burnley luton game has been moved from the monday to the friday uh because of luton's fa cup replay which will be scheduled for that midweek um, but yeah, it just this is going to be one of those where, like, and it makes a difference because every game's on TV, so everyone can watch, and they're all at different times. So everyone can watch every game of football, and you're going to get like people eyeing up players that they wouldn't normally get to see, and everyone's going to be 
picking at the tiniest little details from every single player. Uh, and I personally can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to watch the classic Friday night match of Luton away to Burnley. What what a fixture they're kicking it off with. It's, I mean, you might as well go in with a bang, might you? Let's be honest. Um, looking at the teams that have good fixtures over the next few, the one that stands out to me is Brighton. Brighton with the next three fixtures, Wolves home, Luton away, Crystal Palace at home. And Pervis Estupignon's back. Are you tempted? I am very tempted. Um, I mean, I the, obvious, the obvious issue is Brighton's defensive woes. Uh, and I say that oh, after yeah. they've just kept their first clean sheet of the season. Yeah. The duck uh, is broken. So we'll we'll see where, if they can build on that. Um, Luton away, I think, is proven to be a tougher fixture than perhaps we all thought it would be at the start of the season. Um, so maybe it's not the best fixture in the middle there. But if you wanted, I mean, like you say, in comparison to all the other sides coming up, they're the ones you want to be keeping an eye on. Um, so Estupignon back in the business, I feel like he's going to be a very popular transfer in this week. I am 99% sure I'm going to be bringing in Estupignon. Um, I've got money in the bank. I'm ready to do it. So yeah, I'm... I might even do it on stream. We'll see. You're going to cash in your money in the bank? I'm pretty certain I'm going to be cashing in the money in the bank for a student. Like yes. Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 30. Oh, what the a 31. night. 31. 31 that was. Yeah. Oh, what a night. <laughs> the walkabout at Temple. We miss you so much. Um, those are the days. Those were indeed. So Brighton being the obvious one. The problem with Brighton is you can't really invest going forward. Um, you never know who's going to start after Welbeck, Jal Pedro and Ferguson in that striker spot. And on the wing, you're not going to go to Pascal Gross, are you? Let's be honest. And Matoma's gone to the Asian Cup. Uh, Adinga's gone to the African Cup of Nations. So you just don't know where to go with Brighton outside of just a Supignon. And he scores another screamer in the FA Cup, by the way. Did you see it? Yeah, what a goal that was. Um, not not quite as good as uh, Patrick Bamford's. Oh, but, that was sexy. That was a thing of beauty, wasn't it? So for Brighton, I'm thinking I'm going to be bringing in a Stupignon. I think that's a really obvious move, and it feels it just feels really fun as well, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely the way to go if you're going for Brighton. Um, it's it's an he's an easy one to get in as well at his price. There's oh, almost there's almost no way you can't afford to bring him in somehow unless you've got a defence full of four million defenders and no money in the bank. Oh, and I'm looking at it as well. I, I could bring in a Stupignon and go big at the back. I'm quite excited. Yeah, it's happening. So I'm going to be bringing in Purvis and Stupignon. Um, the other team to look at for fixtures. Are, hear me out here, still Chelsea. Because take away the Liverpool away game on January the 30th, they've three of the next four are Fulham at home, Wolves at home and Crystal Palace away. Now, I'm still doubled up on Chelsea. So I've got Levi Colwell in defence and I've got Raheem Sterling in midfield. Now, the clever move would be go Sterling to Palmer, just take the minus four, but bullets and do it. However, the instant I move him out, Raheem Sterling is going to get 21 points. And 
these are the kind of games he can do it in. So Fulham at home, Wolves at home, Crystal Palace away. I guarantee you've got a big Sterling Hall in one of those three. And by Hall, I mean 12 points plus. So I feel like I just need to hold on to Sterling for those games. And I hate to say it because there's not even a guarantee he'll start. But I just, if I move him out, you know what's going to happen. I'm just going to make sure I make a note of that timing to crop that, that you're guaranteeing a haul in those next three games. You can see it happening, though, can't you? Raheem selling against the bottom half of the table club. I mean, yeah, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, um, which seems like an obvious statement. But you can easily see a world where it does, but equally there's just as much of a world where he gets fuck all and Palmer just continues getting the points that he's been getting. Uh, I know, but... Uh, where else are we going then? Looking ahead, where else do we think is worthwhile? I mean, there's, we're in this sort of weird situation at the moment where it's really hard because no one's got the best run of fixtures. Um apart from Brighton, who are far and away got the best run coming up. Sheffield United have got an all right run of fixtures coming up. And you fancy bringing in Ben Brereton-Diaz, who they've just signed on loan from Villarreal, um, which you don't. And then like the likely ones with City, because no matter who they play, they're going to be back to get points. But you've got Haaland coming back from an injury. You don't know where he's going to be. Same with Kevin De Bruyne, um, who's sort of getting some minutes under his belt now. Got some minutes in the FA Cup, um, but he's come out and quoted today that he's not expecting to play much at the moment, um, which feels like a real yeah. It does uh, feel like one of those, doesn't it? Total bullshit. He's definitely starting against Newcastle, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I hope so because I'm still definitely planning on bringing him in. Um, and you've got like Liverpool as well, but you've also got a factor in players that they're missing, so no Salah. Um, Spurs haven't got Son, so there's some big players missing here. I mean, so it's really Liverpool, hard to narrow it down. Liverpool completely outplayed Arsenal for large parts of the FA Cup game uh, without Salah, but I think Liverpool is still a great option. Trent Alexander-Arnold has never been in this good form; like he is absolutely incredible at the moment. But with Trent in FPL this season, I feel like he's always going to be the guy that's assisting the assist. He's never actually because he's his role has changed slightly. He's not as strong an FPL asset for me right now as he was, say, in the previous seasons. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair assessment. Um, but you can't, you, like, you can never really look past Liverpool. I mean, even with even without Salah, as you say, they they got a good result in the FA Cup. Um, I think a lot of that was down to Arsenal's killer instinct, a uh, lack of killer instinct. Um, yeah. That game should have been out of sight by half-time, really. Yeah. Um, no Virgil van Dijk and no Salah. And was it no Alisson as well? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, like, either way, Arsenal should have absolutely killed that game off. And it's crazy that they didn't. Yeah. And speaking of Arsenal, they've got a couple of good fixtures coming up. Crystal Palace and Forest um, yeah. before they then have Liverpool. Um, but at the moment, they just... And I know we've spoken before because you've spoken on uh, over the last couple of weeks about... Um, oh God, but I feel like that boat has well and truly sailed. Yeah, I was really tempted to bring in Martin Odegaard 
um, but I'm so glad I didn't. He's just, he's spending more time acting like Bruno Fernandes than he is acting like Kevin De Bruyne. He's throwing tantrums, wailing at the refs, like complaining, like he's basically becoming Bruno Fernandes 2.0 and it's really sad to see. Yeah, especially as he, you know, he obviously came into the league um, after what was like a very strange time where he went to Madrid as a really young player, got farmed out a little bit and everyone was like, they don't really know what they're getting. Uh, and he came in and he, he hit the ground running. He's done well. He got the captaincy. Um, but it feels as though now there's that sort of extra level of pressure where Arsenal are almost bottling it again after the way they bottled it last year. And it's sort mm. of taken its toll on him, it seems to me, um, which is a shame. But also, as an outsider, it's quite funny. <laughs> the, they've just never... Sorry, winning one FA Cup... Is, does not mean you're a, a team that is capable of challenging Man City. And they, hey, hey, they won the Community Shield as well. Arsenal have just never been at that level. And I don't think we'll be at that level for some time yet, realistically. Um, if they can go out and get Ivan Tony in January. Is Ivan Tony what they need, though? I, they, need some, they need a finisher. Ivan Tony is not a finisher. He, he misses, he's a penalty merchant and misses a lot of chances and is very creative. Yeah, I think he's a better option than Jesus or yes. Nketiah or yes. Reese Nelson. <laughs> yes, all of that is true. But if you're going to spend a hundred million, go and get Ollie Watkins. I don't think they. I don't think uh, that's as available. Like Tony's there and ready. Like and Brighton, uh, uh, Brentford are pretty much facing the fact that they're going to sell him. I think. Uh, whereas think so. Villa, Villa are going to hold out for a lot more than. Brentford will for Tony. I'm not sure because Brentford are terrible right now. They are really, really bad. Ivan Tony coming in can come and help pick that club up and keep them in the league because at the moment they're at serious risk of relegation. Um, so Ivan Tony can come in, pick that club up and help sort them out. Can I'm just going to have a look at some odds on Ivan Tony's next club. Uh, and it's not on Skype yet. Why not? Although, if you're interested, Dominic Solanke is eight to one to sign for Arsenal. Ah, oh, and Brentford are eight to one to get relegated. Are you tempted? Kind of. I don't think so, actually, because Brentford always find a way to pick it up right near the end of the season. They always go through a stutter at the midpoint. Um, but yeah, they're playing terribly at the moment. Everton still in there at nine to two, which is surprising to me. I'd have thought they were all right, um, but obviously the top four to get relegated are Sheffield United, Burnley, Newton, and Forest. Forest, who I think will be all right now under Nuno. Actually, that's really not a neat, that's not a green on the fantasy football ticker. Like game week twenty two, Arsenal, Nottingham Forest away is a green fixture. That is not a green fixture. That is a really tough fixture now. My favourite thing about the current um, FDR is that Wolves' next five games are all grey. Yeah, Brighton away, <laughs> Manu at home, Chelsea away, Brentford at home, Tottenham away. Like it's a bit of a weird run for Wolves without Huang as well. Yeah, it's that's going to be difficult for them. Uh, he's a big miss, especially as um, he's he's 
been their sort of main bright spot. They've got Pedro Nito coming back, which is a big bonus for them as well. Um, I loved having him when I, for that sort of four or five week stretch when he was just, he had to return every single week. Are you tempted? No. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got Dom Solanke, is he a sell now? Next is Liverpool at home, then West Ham away, then Forest, and then Fulham, then Newcastle, then City. So some a really tough run of fixtures coming up for Bournemouth. Yeah, it is, but I feel like he's almost a bit fixture-proof at the moment. Um, I think Bournemouth have got the second longest current run of uh, games scored in in the Premier League. Uh, I think they're on 11 in a row that they've scored in. Um, can you name the team that are in first? Oh, goodness. I am going to say Brighton. No, it's no, no, they, they didn't score the last one. Yeah, they drew the... No, can I get another go? Can I get another yeah. go? <laughs> I feel like before the last one, it would have been Bryson. Um, okay, I want another go at this. I am going to say Aston Villa. Wrong. It's Spurs. Ah, they scored in their last 23 Premier League games. And yet, how can a team look so brilliant going forward and so bad defensively? Um, speaking of which, Van der Ven is set to return for Spurs soon, and so is James Madison. They are two big, big returns for them. Um, but we all know how much you love Van der Ven from your uh, sonnets earlier this season. I do um, love him, but I feel like he makes their whole defence better. Yeah. So I've actually got Udogi at the moment, so there's no point moving. It would be a sideways move. Madison, I'm very interested in as a Richarlison replacement in my midfield. Or you could just go to Cole Palmer. <laughs> I mean, uh, really? Matthew? <laughs> we are not having this discussion anymore. Um, but when Madison comes back, remember, he is a bonus point magnet. He gets loads of returns. He's amazing in that central role. I think he could be awesome. Um, speaking of Spurs, by the way, shall we talk about Timo Werner? Yeah, where did that come from? Two goals and one assist in 14 games in the Bundesliga. He has not exactly been pulling up trees. I think, what's the over-under for goals for the rest of the season for Timo Werner? Is it like 2.5, do you think? I was, I was going to say 3.5, so <laughs> I, think, I think we're about there. Yeah, and so I'll take the under. <laughs> <laughs> so 2.5. So if he gets four goals, no, that feels too much. I think 2.5. 2.5 yeah. is right. So if he gets three goals between now and the end of the season, it's probably a success. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Based on what we know about Timo Werner. Oh, that is shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I know we've touched on them already. I want to come back to Liverpool. Uh, Alexis McAllister's back, which is brilliant for Liverpool in general. Uh, I have brought in ahead of price rises, Diego Jota. Now, I do it because I love the man, because he is an incredible finisher, like one of the best in the league by far, and he is going to be playing now that Salah isn't there. Now, he may start on the bench for some games, but it doesn't matter because when he comes on, he scores because he is just really, really good. After the Newcastle game, it's easy to write off Darwin considering the XG he got on, but... You've, a lot of it was thanks to some sensational goalkeeping from Dubravka. Uh, with another goalkeeper, I think he could have had a he would have had a 
quite a few goals in that match. I don't hate Darwin as a potential move either. If anyone wants to bring him in ahead of Bournemouth away, then Chelsea at home. Counterpoint. Watching any game that Liverpool play would make me think Darwin is a bad move. Not the Newcastle one. I think that was just thanks to Dubravka's heroics. I mean, come on. Yes, Dubravka did well, but you've got to be finishing some of those chances. I totally agree. Especially the ones where he missed the target. You can't can't praise Dubravka. As a Liverpool fan watching him. But on FPL, I still think we're going to be create. He's going to have a lot created for him. So I still which has think- happened already all season. <laughs> his XG is he's like, I think his XG for the season is like seven point or eight point something. He's still averaging a return goal or assist like every seventy one minutes or something, which is one of the best in the league. Like for people that have played five games or more. Are you Let's back? Have he is on five goals and eight assists in 20 games. That's 20 games. How many minutes did he play in those games and how many did he come on as a sub? So far Every 85 season, minutes. 1.23 non-penalty goals or assists for every 90 minutes. So you're averaging a return a game and he's not on penalties, essentially, from Darwin. The stats aren't as bad as people make out. So I don't think he's a complete lost cause that everyone thinks he is. I just... Watching him as an FPL owner is very different to watching him as a Liverpool fan. As a Liverpool fan, I can't stand that he's there. It drives me bananas. As an FPL owner, I would think, yeah, you know what? He's close to a whore. What I would say is his expected assists is 2.2 and he's got eight assists. So that Mm. shows to me that it's the other players that are doing the good stuff. He's just getting lucky with it. It's like all Mm. those years ago when you had um, Sterling, uh, not Sterling, you had Sturridge, Suarez and Jordan Henderson was just getting loads of assists because he'd just (laughs) pass the ball to Suarez who'd run round five players and finish it. (laughs) Don't hate the player. (laughs) Um, That being said, I'm not moving on him myself. Um, I know we're jumping around a bit here. What do you think of now Jackson's gone off to AFCON, uh, the Nkunku shout for Chelsea? I don't mind it. I think he's looked fairly decent since he's come into the side. Mm. Um, And like you say, with Jackson out, you'd imagine he slots into that role quite naturally, which obviously is good news for Palmer owners as well in the next sort of month or so while he's away. Um, So, yeah, I think it's it's a a solid enough move. The only problem is where you lose a player to bring him in, I think. Um, That's the tricky bit for me. I've got Cameron Archer up front that I can upgrade to and can do. Um, I probably won't do it. This week, because I don't want to take a minus eight, but next uh, next week they've got Liverpool. So when they've got Wolves and Palace, then I'd be tempted. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's that's sort of almost the ideal scenario, really. Give him another couple of games, um, especially seeing as he hasn't he hasn't played ninety minutes yet. So you want to just see how he holds up over those two games if he passes the eye test, uh, and then you can move him in if you if you like it when he's got a couple of easier fixtures. Yeah, very much so. Um, 
two easy fixtures coming up or easy on paper for West Ham. That being said, what's the status of Gerald Bowen's injury? Any update? No, it's, I think it's very much still too early to say. He took a heavy tackle late on in the FA Cup game. Uh, he was helped off. Um, it's going to be one of those that they'll have to assess. We, we're lucky in that we don't play this weekend coming. We've got a whole sort of another week to, to rest him and see where we stand. Uh, I'd like to think that he will be okay, but it is too early to say. Uh, obviously, no kudus as well because he's off at Athcon. And Paqueta also went off injured yesterday as well um, after him coming back into the side after picking up a knock against Arsenal. So, obviously, they're very worrying. Um, so, if you're looking at your West, any West Ham assets, unfortunately, you haven't got the full time to wait and see because the deadline's Friday night. So, I'd probably hold off unless there's certain news one way or the other on both of them. Yeah, it's a real shame because Bowen would have been a genuine captaincy option for this week. Um, but as it stands, I don't think he's a buy. I think, and it's a shame for Sheffield United as well, as well. Because even if he does come back, if he doesn't have Kudus and Paqueta behind him, it means he's going to be doing a lot more of the running and a lot less of the actual finishing. So I think Jared Bowen, because of the injury, if you don't, if you've got him, you hold him and hope for the best. But if you don't have him, you don't buy him at the moment. For me, yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, it's unfortunate, because um, like you say, like the form he's been in as well. He's he's been by far away West Ham standout player this season in, in front of goal. Um, so I could just, as a West Ham fan, I just sit and hope and pray. Um, I'm looking forward to finding somewhere to watch that game because it's going to be. I'm going to be in Nashville and it's going to be eight a.m. Um, and it's the day I fly home as well. So I've got to go and find somewhere to watch it and then get to an airport not long afterwards. I don't think you'll struggle. And worst case, you can just get it on your phone or something. But I'm sure you'll find a way. There's a sports bar in the hotel, but I doubt it'll be open at 8am. You never know. And Nashville has loads of bars, so you'll find somewhere. You'll manage. I reckon um, I'll cope. <laughs> anywhere else to go? You know, I. how's this for a rogue shout? The next five games, I think there's two clean sheets for Fulham. Or maybe three. I think there's two to three clean sheets for Fulham. I think, because you've got Chelsea away, Everton at home, Burnley away, Bournemouth at home, Aston Villa at home. I think you've got two to three clean sheets in that. I don't hate bringing a Fulham defender in. I, I understand theory, but I just, I don't know how far down the list of players that I'd be looking at, I'd go, oh, there's a Fulham defender that I want to bring in. Can't tempt you by Robinson? Tim Ream, perhaps? No. <laughs> I could maybe understand if you were wildcarding, bringing Leno in. Yeah. But, I, I mean, you're not making a goalkeeper transfer just in general at the moment, are you? Let's be honest. No. Um, so, yeah, maybe, but I, I just don't know. I can't see tossing Odder Bio in there. You know, I, just, I can't see it happening. Um, one thing we haven't spoken about, um, and their sort of fall from grace over the last month, has been Newcastle. Uh, and they got City next, but then City and Villa two hard fixtures. And then they do have a slight turn. Um, Isaac. Has got a couple of goals. He got two in the FA Cup, admittedly against a below pass Sunderland side. But um, with players coming back as well, you never know. 
where well, you'd assume they're going to turn it around at some point. Yeah, and I've, I'm less tempted to buy Isak just because of the Wilson rotation. I'm more tempted to bring in Akira and Trippier back. Um, so game week 23, I've got money in the bank at the moment. I will almost certainly be bringing Trippier at, back for them because they've got Luton at home, Forest away and Bournemouth at home. But yeah, they're full from grace. The team just look absolutely dead off their feet. They Against Liverpool, we absolutely ripped them to shreds. And one team... Despite playing the same month, Liverpool playing more games over the season, Eddie Howe hasn't really had the option of rotation because he's had so many injuries. So they, they just com- look completely cream-crackered. Whereas Liverpool, despite a lot of their players playing a lot of minutes, looked up for it. Newcastle just didn't. I think the rest will have done Newcastle good. And I don't, I don't think that the City game is going to be as bad as people think. I think they could put in a good performance there and maybe squeak a draw out of City. And then I think that I probably fancy them to get something at Villa as well. So don't write them off. But yeah, I don't think you're going near them in FPL until game week 23. Yeah, I completely agree. That, like you say, that if there's anyone that needs this winter break, it's them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I guess it's probably almost better as well that they're playing on the first weekend because yeah. then by the time they get to Villa the week after, um, they've had that extra week um i feel and then they can sort of hopefully go into that slightly easier run of fixtures with some fresher legs some more players back from injury potentially as well um maybe even with a calvin phillips in their squad what a ridiculous move that would be like just dreadful for everyone involved um well i don't think it's bad for phillips because he'll get game time um which is not getting at city but the only thing is, the only it's, it's a stopgap because until Tonali's back from yeah. his ban. Do you think he gets in over Jalinton or Gilmarash? Gets in over Longstaff. I don't think he does, you know. I don't think he does. I'd have Longstaff. I don't think Calvin Phillips is a good pick at all for that. Um, but regardless, it would be English. Just get an English player on the books, I think, more than anything. That is always helpful as well. Um. Where else to go then? Uh, I mentioned him before, but Richarlison, are you tempted yet? Yes. Um, the only thing is I have been tempted the entire time. It's just um, who I would drop and bring in. And I had other fires that needed putting out with injuries and things like that. Um, and I'm still of that opinion that I don't really know where I go with getting him in. Um, we, I'm not dropping Bowen. The, the the person I'd be most tempted by to drop at the moment is Saka. Um, um, but you can't. Uh, it's because it's just too punishing. And, and I'm not going to probably go Salah to Richardson because I want to go Salah to KDB. So it's, it's one of those. I just don't know where I go. What if KDB is confirmed injured or confirmed out? Do you go Richardson? Maybe. Do you go Odegaard? Do you go Bruno? No. <laughs> No. Um, it's worth just reiterating because we haven't had a podcast for a while. Um, Manchester United aren't a team we go near on FPL anymore. Absolutely not. You just yeah. can't. Although well, I say that I have got Garnacho in my team, but he is dirt cheap. Yeah, the next game is Tottenham. And then you've got Wolves, West Ham, but then it's Villa, but then it's Luton and Fulham. Man U fixtures aren't too bad. So, I don't know, maybe. It just doesn't seem very fun, though. Yeah, 
I don't know. It, yeah, I agree. I agree. It just doesn't seem very fun. I feel like there's much more fun things to do. Yeah, completely agree. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Cool. Anyone else you want to discuss or any other teams you want to dig into? I think we've mainly hit the main points, haven't we? Um, I think we've sort of hit the main ones. We haven't really discussed City, but we have yeah. in terms of Haaland and KDB coming back from injury, and they're the main the main ones we're going to be talking about there, aren't they? So uh, I know Foden's doing well, but again, with KDB coming back, it's throws all that up in the air. So it's going to be really hard to know how they're going to be lining up over the next week. Um, I guess the one thing we haven't spoken about is where is your team set now at the moment heading into game week 21? So I have in my bus team, Ariola and goal. Uh, the Sheffield United away fixture and on my bench for goalkeepers is Dubravka. So um, Dubravka's playing Man City. Um, my three at the back are Levi Colwell, Udogi, and as of two minutes ago, Pervis Estupignon. <laughs> He's done it, boys. I've done it. And my midfield five is KDB, Richarlison, Diogo Jota, Bakayo Saka, and Raheem Sterling. And then up front with the captaincy armbands, it's Haaland and Watkins. And Saka currently has the vice captaincy. My bench has got Concert, then Archer, then Mitchell all in a row. Um, so even if I don't get playing time from KDB, it means Concert comes in versus Everton. Uh, so yeah, I feel like I'm all right. I'm pretty set for the next week at least. And I've got a lot of upside in the potential KDB and Haaland's double up if they both start and both play that could be absolutely huge yeah that is quite handy to have um i'm in a different boat in that i haven't knee jerked and made some transfers <laughs> in the worry of price changes uh so like you've got Ariola in goal um a back three at the moment of consa trippier and gabrielle who I really do want to get rid of, despite having only just recently got him in. A midfield four of Garnacho, Bowen, Saka and Palmer. And then a front three of Alvarez, Solanke and Watkins. Uh, I mean, the armband's currently on Alvarez just because he was my captain last week. Um, I don't know where I'm going to go with that. So that leaves me with Salah on the bench, Kabore on the bench, Livermento on the bench as well. So looking at how I'm going to move those about, with obviously Salah having to come out. So I'm just hoping that we get some news on KDB that's a little bit more positive and then I can make that transfer. No, I've only got one free transfer as well. So ideally, I don't want to be taking a hit. I mean, I don't think it's a bad week to take a hit. Lots of people will be on minus four and minus eight. So I think if you're going to take a hit, this week's as good as any. And why not do it when you can have a bit of fun and get a Stupinium? That is true. I could go Livramento to a Stupinium. That sounds fun. And Livra is not going to play because Burns back. Exactly. It seems like a bit of a no-brainer, really, doesn't it? Imagine how fun that will be as well. When we have a Stupignon and he scores two screamers and Brighton concede five goals and he still gets three bonus points. <laughs> Can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Right, guys, that's it. We will possibly be back next week. You leave on the 15th, right? Yeah, so, well, so we might that... be able to squeeze something in. Yeah, we'll squeeze something in for next Sunday evening or something. But otherwise, 
enjoy the long week guys have a great time and we'll speak to you all very soon and happy new year